The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. And Acts is where we are in the New Testament on this edition of Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland, Bert Harper, and we're so glad that you're listening. And we invite you to get a copy of the Bible, God's Word, and follow along with us. Yesterday we were just getting into Paul, his very famous discourse at the Areopagus on Mars Hill. And Bert, you know, I've always wanted to go there. I've not been to Greece or any of uh, the that part of the the ancient world, but you can still go to that place on Mars Hill where Paul spoke so many years ago, and I, I would love for you and I to lead a group over there sometime. Oh, wow. Wouldn't that be great? That's one of those that I would love as well. This is this is it, and, and so important. Here he is called from the Macedonia call, and look what happens. He goes to churches, uh, or, or I shouldn't say churches, synagogues in these cities where churches are established. And many of these are the ones that he will write letters to later. Uh, we're finally going to get him to end Corinth, and he writes two letters to Corinth. He he was in Thessalonica. He wrote two letters to Thessalonica. What what an opportunity this has been for the apostle Paul. No wonder that vision he saw come over here. Uh, again, Alex, I've said it before, and I said it, it changed the world in reality, didn't it? Well, Bert, it did change the world, and don't you think there's really a Macedonian call in just about every believer's life? And it may not be to go to some other country, but let me just say, don't miss the assignment uh, that God has for you. It may be to pray for somebody or witness or lead somebody to Christ. Vance Havner, uh, he's one of our heroes. We quote him frequently. But one of his last books, in fact, I, I actually think it was his last book, don't miss your miracle. Yeah, uh, isn't that wow. something? Yeah, that um, and and I'll put it this way: I've heard it said there is somebody waiting on the other side of your obedience. Amen. Isn't that something? It is. Well, Alex, this is what happens. He goes to Athens, and this is where we were. And as you said in verse twenty-six, he made of one blood. What a and the statement you made. This is before we knew all about DNA and all the blood. But he yeah. knew this. Just I want to read this again, and that's where we'll start. Uh, chapter 17, verse 26, he's in Athens, and Paul and says this, And he has made from one blood, he is God, now that's who he's talking about, one blood, every nation of men, to dwell on the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. Mm. Now, Alex, <clears throat> verse 26 is a, I, I'll, I'll put it this way, this really helps with a, a biblical worldview, doesn't it? I mean, just look really in, in, in what God determines, and also uh, one blood, you've said it, I've said it, we're one human race. And uh, yes, we have different uh, ethnicities concerning where we came from, but notice what verse 27, and now I'll throw it to you, so that, and I, I love that, don't miss the so that. In other words, God's done this, this, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. 
Mm. Wow. God is ready and waiting, isn't he? He really is. I mean, you know, verse 20, uh, 26 is really sociology and anthropology. But verse 27 is really our personal experience with God who's made overtures to us. Bert, um, about a month ago, I was in California, and I was ministering with a gentleman, and he was sharing some things about why why life is the way it is. And very often we've quoted Psalm 16, verse 6, that says, The boundary lines have fallen unto me in pleasant places, yea, I have a godly heritage. And like verse 27, that they should seek the Lord. God has determined our, our habitations and the boundaries. Now, why? Bert, what I, I honestly believe that God does everything to make it conducive for us to hear the gospel and have an opportunity. Bert, I believe every soul on this earth has some degree of God's revelation. Don't you really? I agree with you 100%. And that's why the book of Romans chapter 1 is so important for believers to get down that God has revealed himself to them. And here we find out this habitation, these boundaries, this time frame, that's and it's and, and that don't miss and I've already I'm doing it again I'm repeating don't miss the so that God has a purpose behind all of that God even gives purpose to things that sometimes we have done for ourselves and done to others God mm. can bring purpose out of it so yeah. that they should seek the Lord now Alex seek the, the Lord while he may be he, found right. It, I love these words, though he be not far from every one of us. And I want to say to everybody listening, uh, God is not far from you. You might feel far away from God. He's as close by as a prayer. Bert, aren't you glad? Uh, if, if you're a Christian and you're walking with the Lord and all is well, praise God. That's wonderful. But maybe if you feel like somebody listening feels like they've they've waited too long or they've wandered too far, no. You turn to Jesus today, you call out to Christ. Uh, Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Uh, John 6, 37, you turn to Christ, he will not reject you. Aren't you glad, and like you say this so that, he, he be not far from any one of us. <laughs> Praise his name. Amen. And if you need help with that and to talk to someone, there are partners you can call triple eight need him that's triple eight need him they'll pray with you they'll talk with you they'll help you the scriptures that alex and i give they'll go over those with you to help you come into this relationship with god through jesus christ there is no other way jesus said i am the way the truth the life no one can come to the father except through me he is the only way and that's what paul is saying now notice what he continues to say alex for in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said. Now, he's going to quote them. Here he is entering into trying to draw them in where they are. Where they are, they're not in a synagogue. They're not Jews. So he is using something that he knows of theirs that would draw them in. He says, for we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by heart in man's devices. Devising. Alex, 
He said, all those idols that you saw out there, all these temples that have been built, you can't contain God. God's not contained in those. He is beyond all of those. He's bigger than all those. And he has what revealed himself to you that you can know him. Uh, Paul is not missing anything of the opportunity to share how they can come to know God, is he? And no, he's he's really sharing the gospel, and uh, I believe this is one of the most significant sermons in history, really. Uh, in him we live and move and have our being. You know, um, I remember I heard Billy Graham many years ago, and he quoted a pop song, not that he, um, you know, liked that artist or anything, but he was sharing something that this stadium full of young people could relate to, right? And Paul, quoting a Greek poet, who says we are also his offspring? He is. He's invoking a cultural reference that the people could relate to. So by opening their attention, could share the timeless truth of God's word. And it says, for as much then as we are the offspring of God. Now what he's saying is, God made us. That's true. Uh, everybody is a human made by God, but you've got to put your faith in Jesus to be saved born of God. We ought not to think that the Godhead is like gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. In other words, you can't say you haven't heard. God is not this idol. Um, There's a worldview called animism that believes that there are spirits in trees or inanimate objects. Paul is saying, no, the true and living God is not contained within any man-made object. And uh, They can't look, contain him, can they? I mean, <laughs> no. Idols. You know, uh, Erwin Lutzer tells the story about when the Parliament of World Religions came to Chicago. He was at Moody Church, and he was walking around this exhibit hall, and there were all these statues and idols and, you know, some books. And he he said, praise God, we have Jesus who is risen. He's not a statue. He's not a dead prophet buried in the ground. He's a living Savior. And verse 31 of Acts 17, because God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men. And here is that proof, that assurance. What is it, Bert? How do we know Jesus is the one and only? By raising him from the dead. All Alex, right. that's it. Amen. How, how many others have ever been able to beat the grave? Let me think. Uh, uh, zero. Short list. Very short, right? Uh, a name of one. <laughs> Look, for the, the enemy that no human can defeat in and of their own power is the grave and death and sin. And yet one name across the landscape of history, Jesus alone was able to beat sin, death, and the grave. And in Christ, if you're a believer, you too will be victorious over sin, death, and the grave, but only in Jesus. Only in Jesus. Now, Paul has built this up. He's talked about it, the unknown God. He said, I want to make you. Now, he's the God of creation. He's established that. That's what he did in verse 26. And in verse 27, this God of creation is close to you. Now, he's the God of creation, but he is close to you. What? 
to the possibility of being your Savior. And this is what he climaxes with in verse 31. Alex has read it, that raising him from the dead. Now, real quickly, before we go to break, and when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked while others said, we'll hear you again on this matter. So Paul departed from among them. However, some men joined him and believed. Now, Alex, we'll get to the others in a moment who they are, but this is the reaction. Some said, well, we want to hear some more. We're not going to deny it yet, but we want to hear more. Some would reject it immediately. Even some would be angry, and we'll get to that later on in, in Corinth. But some believed. Alex, praise the Lord if it's just one, but it's glorious when there's more, isn't it? It is. And of those who believe, friends, we hope that's you. We hope you're a believer and you can turn to Christ today and we hope you'll do that. Well, folks, stay tuned. We're going to come back. We'll get into Acts 18, plus your calls and more on this edition of Exploring the Word. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. Will all the other not quite? Will all the never get it right? But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Amen. I love that. Listen, I'm a nobody. But I want to tell everybody about somebody that saved my soul. That somebody is Jesus Christ, and he can save yours. If you have never trusted him and you're listening today, listen, trust Jesus Christ. Turn to him, and uh, he's the best friend you could ever have. He sticks closer than a brother. Well, Alex, we're in Chapter 18. Now, I want to do something and see if you can add to this list because in 18 we are introduced to some more people. Uh, that's one of the most interesting things in the book of Acts is the individuals that we come in contact with through Peter and through Paul mostly. And But through Paul, we, we know Barnabas, you know, John Mark, Silas, Timothy, Luke. And now in chapter 18, first few verses, Aquila and Priscilla. The mm. list just keeps growing, doesn't it? Well, it really does. And, you know, again, Luke, the physician, he's very detail heavy, isn't he? And, and again, this is why a lot of people have recognized the historicity and the authenticity of Luke and Acts, because there's so many details, not only places and circumstances, but people. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. Again, uh, a political mover that God, a political move, I should say, that God used to ultimately touch lives and spread the gospel. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought, uh, for by their occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogues. Verse 4 of Acts 18, Bert, this is like apologetics, present, explain, defend. The word there, Paul, reasoning, it's really the word, you know, explain and defend, it's discourse. And do you know what, to this day, well, first of all, Bert, I, I really think that the, the context in which we minister is somewhat similar to the first two centuries. You know, there were pagans and Greeks and philosophers and religious but lost people, 
Um, Bert, isn't it time that we reason with people about the state of their soul, just like Paul did? I agree with you, and he would go to the synagogue and do that. He went to where they were and, again, reason with them, shared the truth. It always starts with truth, and Alex. If you're going to reason with someone, and that is you're going to share with them and explain to them, bring them in, you start with truth. The truth is Jesus Christ. The truth is who he is, what he said, where he is, what he's going to do, and and everything concerning him in the Bible. That is truth, and that's where you start. Now, one thing I wanted to, to do real quickly, again, after Paul, we know on his first missionary journey, and let me, I'm reverting back a little bit, but you know I'm big on the strategy of, because missions is, you've got to have a strategy. You don't just oh, yeah. haphazardly run uh, as they say down here in northeast Mississippi, by the city of your pants. No, you get in there and you look at it. Notice what he would do. If you get your map out and see how far Corinth is from Athens, it's just a few miles away. Uh, and, and again, we don't see the Macedonia call here. He goes from town to town. And if you look at what he did, he did that from Philippi to the, uh Thessalonica to Berea, and then he got into Athens because he's getting away. But now he goes back to Corinth, which is just a little piece over. Now, let me say a word about Corinth before we go, go into it deep. Corinth is a big city. It has two harbors. Uh, it's a very important place. It's the place that Caesar rebuilt at one time. It had declined because of war and all the different things. But Caesar made it an opportunity and rebuilt it. And Corinth was noted for a lot of things. One of the biggest things it was noted for was immorality. It really was. And when you read the book of 1 Corinthians and you see the issues that Paul had to deal with, uh, you see where they God pre- brought them out of it, but yet it was something that they had to live in and live through and come out. So Corinth is one of those strategic cities. If you were to look at the map and see where it is, it's very strategic in that area. So, uh, Alex, I just wanted to bring that in because the geographical issues here is so important that he did follow up and he said, man, I'm going to spend some time here. Matter of fact, he spends more time in Corinth than any place that we know about in the first two missionary journeys. Mm. You know, Vance Havner that I mentioned earlier, he always talked about the fact that, and you know, he as a little boy got saved at a church called Corinth Baptist Church, and he said he could never understand why they would name a church (laughs) after the second most backslidden church in the New Testament. I'm assuming he meant right behind Laodicea, right? I figure so. I figure that's the only one that can measure up close, yeah. Yeah. When Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. That's verse 5. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean, and from henceforth I will go to the Gentiles. Now, here's the thing. They were arguing with Paul, but according to verse 6, they opposed themselves. You know, the, the unbeliever, the atheist, the, the rejecter of Jesus, they're only hurting themselves, aren't they, Bert? They really are. And, and here, I mean, it's been that consistent, that consistent. Now, I think something else has happened. While the Jews seem to be going against what he's saying, it seems more and more of the Greeks, the Gentiles, are responding, Alex, 
Have you noticed that? I know. Semen, I know. Uh, and, and we know we have more and more of the Greeks in these cities that's closer to Rome. You get more of them, but it seems like this is, the, we're seeing, let me use this word, a shift, okay? A shift yeah. from what it was in the first few chapters of the book of Acts when it was Jewish, and now we're seeing it in the latter part where more and more of the Gentiles are responding to the good news. Now, who are these Gentiles? They're called God-fearers. They're the men and women who were in these pagan cities like Corinth, but they knew there was a God. They knew it was one God. So what did they do? They gravitated to the synagogue rather than the pagan temples. And when Paul got there and shared with them Jesus Christ, Alex, they were a ready-made audience. They said, oh, this is it. This is, this, this is what I, I want to know. It made me think of the Ethiopian eunuch uh, when he asked, well, is he talking about himself or some other? And mm. uh, no, it's talking about Jesus. And when he heard that, he was ready to believe and be baptized. Seems like these Greeks are in that same category. Exactly. Verse 7 of Acts 18, He departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one that worshipped God, like you said, a God-fearer, uh, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. So apparently this guy's structure is right up against this synagogue, and Crispus, the chief ruler of that synagogue, believed on the Lord with all of his house. Now, remember, uh, they had been opposed by a lot of religious leaders, but not Crispus. He believes. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. So there's opposition, but there's fruit. And there's hardship, but there's harvest. All right, verse 9. And Bert, as a minister, (laughs) haven't you gotten these words of assurance from the Lord at just the right time? Paul is having a dream. He has a vision by night, and Jesus says to him, Be not afraid, but speak. Hold not thy peace, for I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. Praise God. Wow. Even in 2023 America, I feel like we're backslidden, and some days I just think, my goodness, our nation is so sin-sick. But... Bert, are there still much people in this city? There really are, and, and it comes out sometimes. It really does, Alex, just like, and, and uh, we had nearly a whole program of call-ins about, you know, the, the new movie that has come out and and has been shown, you know, that Jim Caviezel's in, you know? Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom, and it is still going strong in the movie yeah. theaters, and uh, okay, they didn't have enough money to put it in all the theaters, and all of the theaters wouldn't let them put it in. But guess what? God, I mean, good people, good people. Many of them, most of them are believers. Some of them are yeah. not. They're, they're concerned about uh, human trafficking, and they should be. But listen, I think that's speaking loudly of we do have some many people. I, I think that's, I'll, I'll put it this way, Alex, it's really spoken to my heart and encouraged me. Amen. Amen. Well, this word of encouragement, and God will give you the word of encouragement you need when you need it as well. So Paul ends up staying there 18 months, a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Alex, I want to interrupt. I'm a right. This is the longest that we have recorded where he stayed any one place at any time. I I know. It it really is Okay, I just wanted to make sure I had not forgotten some information. 
Go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, this is, in, in the comparatively short life and ministry of Paul, this is pretty long time, really, isn't it? Is. It? it really is, and I, I think there's reasons behind it. These people, of all the cities he's been in, uh, now Athens, yes, it was philosophical, it was religious, but we're talking about Corinth being the the immoral city of all the places yeah. they've been, and he is spending more time there, I think, trying to help them establish and be strong. It, well, it's like Las Vegas, you know. That's it. Setting up a residency in a place like that, you yeah, know. that's it. Um, so there's Gallio, the deputy of a K, of a K. I, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. We always it, said actually. Achaia. Now, whether that's Achaia. right or not, yeah, I don't know if that's right, but that's what I learned at Blue Mountain College, Achaia. Go ahead. Well, there's going to be an insurrection and a riot. They bring false charges against Paul. They say that he's uh, advocating to worship God contrary to the law. Well, Can you believe this be- is happening? <laughs> yeah, this is like cancel culture. You yeah. know, Bert, I've been reading about the poor pastors up in Canada, some of whom yes. have, have gone to jail, had their bank accounts frozen, either because they preached during COVID or they said that homosexuality is a sin from which people must turn, which it is. But um, this is not the first time a minister of God or the last time would be opposed by the law of man. But when Paul was now about to open his mouth, Gallio said unto the Jews, If it were a matter of wrong or wicked lewdness, O ye Jews, reason would that I should bear with you. But if it be a question of words and names and of your law, you look to it, for I will be no judge in such matters. And he drave them. Uh, I love how, you know, verse 16 of Acts 18, um, a past tense verb. He ran him out of the courtroom, didn't he, Bert? <laughs> he really did. Now, this is the first time this has happened. Uh, we're we're talking about uh, a pro-counsel, a governor, whoever, that has a little bit true common backbone. sense and backbone. I think it was common sense and then the backbone to carry it out, Alex. And it, what, he's ba- what Gallio is basically saying to Paul's accusers is, look, I've had about enough of you. <laughs> and and we need some judges and authority Preach figures it, like that to, today. Well, this insanity, this wickedness of transgenderism. Uh, by the way, the, um, the transgender, one of the health czars in the Biden cabinet today, this evil man who dresses like a woman, yeah. was saying that uh, we should administer Trans, transitioning to children to, quote, prevent them from going through the wrong puberty. That, that is darkness. It is demonic. And we need some judges and some leaders that when these liberal activists bring insanity and delusion to our nation, they need to say, like, like Gallio, uh, I'm not going to get involved in such Delusion, get out of my courtroom. That's you have no standing here. You have no right, standing right. here. Uh, just like Supreme Court Justice Jackson, when she was asked about a woman, and she said, "I'm not a, I'm not a biologist." Well, she answered her own question. It's a question right. of what biology. Biology. You're either Amen. male or female. Yeah. I, I wish yes. one of those guys had a 
I, I told somebody, I wished I'd have been on that at that time because she answered her own question trying to avoid the question because it is visual. It is obvious. And here, I think Galileo is right on. It's obvious that these are just trying to, uh, they're trying to maneuver to have their way, Alex. And he sees it and says, get out of here. Yeah. Now, let's talk about Sosthenes. Yes. Uh, chief ruler of the synagogue. Then all the Greeks took Sosthenes, chief ruler of the synagogue, and beat him before the judgment seat. And Gal- uh, Gallio cared for, for none of these things. So, Bert, were you able to find... Because um, here's the thing I'm wondering. Was this a guy that believed like Crispus did? Or was this a guy that was opposing Paul um, I, I don't know. Do you? I, it to me, then all the Greeks. Now, this is different. This is the Greeks, Gentiles. These, they took Sothenes, the ruler of the synagogue. There, this is uh, anti-Semitic. And right. whether it is or not, they beat him before the judgment seat. Uh, but Galileo took notice, did not take notice of it. Again, oh, Galileo is a hard guy to figure out why he did this right. and why he didn't do that. But here it seems like it's just anti-Semitic in my my thoughts, Alex. I, well, well, and I'm not me, sure if it was I'm not sure it was connected with Paul or just him being a Jew at this point in time. Well, remember the the Jewish opposition to the gospel has stirred up the city, and it says the Greeks took Sosthenes, the chief ruler. Now maybe Crispus, as a believer, has stepped down. But here's amazing in First Corinthians one. Okay, Paul writes to the Corinthians, and he says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus by the will of God and to our brother Sosthenes. I think as somebody had that name, I think they may be talking about the same one, don't you? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? You're listening to Exploring the Word. And Alex, we're going to take phone calls in the next segment with all the Bible questions. We look forward to that. That number, 888-589-8840. We would love to hear from you today. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bert, we're so honored that you're listening. We sincerely appreciate it. You're listening to the American Family Radio Network. And, by the way, you can go to AFR.net and you can listen to this program over again and maybe share it with somebody. And do us a favor and tell somebody about all the great programming on the American Family Radio Network and Exploring the Word as well. The number is 888-589-8840 if you've got a Bible question. And we are going to begin in Arkansas and talk to Marilyn in Arkansas. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I really appreciate your um, going through the Bible the way you do. It's very good. I wanted to give a, a word of encouragement to some Maybe Christians haven't even thought about this lately. Um, I do want to tell a short story. Um, about uh, three weeks ago, I developed what must be sciatica, and it was <clears throat> excruciating pain. 
to where I was laying in the bed and writhing and begging God to please at least reduce the pain. He chose not to. I know now why. But anyway, mm. um, one after about a week of going almost entirely without sleep, I was very weakened, and I went in to go to the bathroom in the morning. And when I got up, <laughs> I just kind of slid down to the floor. And I won't tell all the tale, but anyway, uh, eventually um, I was taken to the hospital um, <clears throat> where the emergency room doctor uh, tr- was trying to decide what to do with me. And he discovered I had pneumonia in one lung. Wow. And also I had some sort of blood infection, which turned out to be E. coli in my blood. Oh, my so, word. No wonder, no wonder I was weakened. Anyway, so they decided to go ahead and keep me in the hospital overnight and decide what to do the next day with me. Well, in some time in the middle of the night, I don't know when, because of the um, that whole time is blacked out for me, um, my oxygen level dropped below 50. And they took me to ICU and gave me emergency oxygen and so forth, and a, a huge quantity of oxygen. And the next day, the uh, pulmonologist came to see me and said, I want you to understand, if you had not been in the hospital last night, you'd have wow. died. Oh. Marilyn, let and, me jump in here. You know what's amazing? Uh, and praise God, and we hope you're doing well, and it sounds like you're on the mend. Bert, I had a, a colleague when I taught at North Greenville University, um, and, and she was in a bad car wreck, but she wasn't really injured but nevertheless, they had to get the jaws of life to cut her out of the car. It was very unusual. It was a, the car was totaled, and yet she really wasn't injured. But nevertheless, they took her to the emergency room and discovered that she had a life-threatening cancer yeah. that otherwise they would not have discovered. Bert, isn't it good, like in the case of Marilyn, that um, we get some not great news but yet God, in, in a roundabout way, blesses us and looks after us through it. I've heard that. Marilyn, thank you for letting us know. I'm so glad that you would call and share that with us, and you've encouraged others, and I'm in the same boat. I have a real good friend. Uh, he was flying from Florida into Memphis, and he started having issues, and they took him to the emergency room, but then that's where they found out the other issues that he was dealing with. Had he not had that pain, he would have not gone to the hospital with the other issue that was more dangerous than that. So, Marilyn, thank you. We want to pray for you real quick. Father, I thank you for Marilyn. I thank you for her testimony of your graciousness and healing. And, Father, we don't know all the reasons why sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But, Alex and I, we've gone into the Word. Ultimate healing is waiting on every believer in heaven. Uh, Mm. And I thank you for that. But until then... We trust you, and I know Marilyn has trusted you, and it is so neat that she would say, now I know why the pain would not go away. Because, mm. Father, sometimes we get to know that down here, and sometimes we'll wait, have to wait to get to heaven to find out, but we will know as we're known one day. So, Father, mm. thank you for Marilyn in Jesus' name. Hey, we got that number. It's 888-589-8840. Where to next, Alex? Uh, Douglas in Kansas, I believe it is. Douglas, thanks for help. Uh, thanks for holding, and welcome to Exploring the Word. Uh, hey, guys, I've, I've called in before, and I appreciate everything you're, you talk about, and I just heard you I had a comment. I just want to make a quick comment and encourage you guys. 
Uh, you mentioned the nonsense that's going on uh, in the world with uh, transgenderism. And I'm just saying, man, you guys are being bold, and I love it. That's what we need to do. We need to speak to boldly, be bold in truth, and that's what you're doing. Keep it up. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. To Love God you. be Bye. the glory. Amen. Listen, Douglas, I, I, I just can't. I mean, I don't know what the Bible says, but I know what common sense is. You know, Alex yeah. and I were both raised on farms, and part of farm is using your common sense because you're going to be dealing with mechanics and animal machinery and animals, and you got to figure it out. And it's just, uh, Alex, uh, it's just not just turning away from a biblical worldview. They're turning yeah. away from just common sense decency. And so, Douglas, uh-huh. thank you for that, brother. Well, common sense is getting pretty uncommon these days, isn't it, Bert? It really is. It is. Uh, uh, Keith in Alabama. Keith, you are on Exploring the Word. Welcome. Hey, Alex and Bert. Um, I was calling to get prayer from you and Bert. Uh, I'm heading back to the mission field, and and uh, I listen to y'all as much as possible, and um, just wanted to ask for your prayers, Bert's prayers, and the audience's prayers. And um, returning back to India uh, in the uh, Nepal area, uh, to 1040, and the gospel is really needed to be preached there. Amen. Um, Amen. There's about 95% that still has not heard the gospel. That's unreal. My goodness. And um, so just calling for prayer because I'm leaving to go back in November, so... Hey, Keith, what part of Alabama are you in? I'm in the Mobile area. Okay, would sure. you do me a favor? Uh, we uh, Please put him on hold and give this number to Parker. She's answering the phone. I want to talk to you, brother, if you don't mind. Okay. I do another program called Exploring Missions, and uh, I think we might arrange an interview with you because we're going to be praying for you. Uh, let me say this, Alex. I said you go first, but I jumped in, and I'm sorry. But Amen. some of yeah. our very best people are there, Keith. Uh, they're they're over there. They're in Dub- uh, they're in Mumbai, where they are, and it is difficult, hard there. And we're praying, and we're going to add you to that list of praying for for India. Uh, listen, folks, pray. For Keith, uh, do the Alex? Uh, would you mind leading? We're, we're, this is a big prayer meeting going on right now today, all over America. People are praying for Keith. Is your wife with you? Uh, does she go back with you, Keith? No, I'll be going by myself. Okay. Well, we want to pray for Keith, and just ask God to direct that. Alex, go ahead. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that here is one who has heard the call. And the Bible says that the fields are white unto harvest today. Today, people can hear the gospel. And today, people certainly do need the gospel. As this dear brother is preparing to go wherever he goes, Mumbai and foreign soil, Lord, protect him, anoint him, use him, provide for him, give him health and strength, and not only physical provision, financial provision, spiritual resilience. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, just keep your hand upon him and put a hedge of protection around he and his family. And I pray even right now, others would hear the call, the mission call, the Macedonian call. And Lord, we are praying to you, the Lord of the harvest, that you would raise up laborers like Keith. And Father, we give you the glory. And Lord, help us to remember that life 
for a born-again believer is the Great Commission. That's why we're still here. We, you haven't raptured us up to heaven yet. We are here to live as participants in your Great Commission, and we do pray for this brother and for all of ourselves that we would remember our true purpose is to make your name known and we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. All of Amen. you write Keith down from Alabama going to India. And sometimes to say for 24 hours, keep this and around and pray for him continually. Where to next, Amen. Alex? Jim in Arkansas. Jim, thank you for holding. You are on the American Family Radio Network. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I can't, I can't say much. Keith, it's such a blessing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hey, I had something to say, but I got nothing to say. Keith, thank you so much, and I'll be praying for you day and night. I love you so much. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Break our heart for the things that break your heart, O God, and make our hearts warm for the things that make your heart warm. Give us the heart and the mind of God. May we know the power of your resurrection, but we also want to know the suffering, the fellowship of your suffering. And when Keith goes back to India, Lord, it's it's going to go back into the fellowship of your suffering. And mm-hmm. I pray yes. for him. Thank you for Jim. Yes. Alex, what a day. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Folks, this is what it's all about. I mean, like John Wesley said, uh, the founder of the Methodist Church, Wesley said, we have nothing to do but the saving of souls. That's our purpose in life. Well, uh, Cassie in Nebraska. Uh, do I have it right, Cassie? Are you in Nebraska? Yes, that's right. Welcome. Well, thanks for being on the program. What you got? Um, I had a question. I'm new to being a born-again Christian, and I wanted to know where to prioritize judgment in my life and in the world. And so I often think about the part of the Bible where Jesus keeps the people from throwing stones at the lady. And I was wondering, where does that lesson be prioritized in being the new to born-again Christian person? Mm. Bert, you know, well, thank you, Cassie, for listening, and, and God bless you for being a believer. And Bert, the Word of God tells us that we are to judge, but we're not to be judgmental. Is, isn't that right? That's exactly right. And first, let me say this, Cassie, and I'm saying it for Bert Harper too. First, look in your own life. Honestly, uh, judge before you, are, before you start making judgment on others. But don't mm-hmm. be afraid to evaluate according to the Word of God, and looking at what God's Word says. That's where it starts. We talked about the whole idea of Paul going to the synagogues. What would he do? He would reason with them. And it starts with truth. And Cassie, Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is truth. And everything that really matters in eternity and even what matters in a biblical worldview is connected with Jesus. Everything, Alex, not a thing. Yeah. What he said about family, what he said about creation, everything concerning life is all wrapped up in Jesus Christ. So, Cassie, you start with that. What did Jesus say? They used to wear those bracelets. What did Jesus do? Or uh, what mm-hmm. would he do? Alex, it's also what he said, isn't it? 
Well, and, you know, she was talking about the woman caught in adultery, and that's in John chapter 8, John 8, 3 and following. And he said, you know, he who is without sin casts the first stone. Now, in Matthew 7, it said, Jesus says this, judge not that you be not judged. And Bert, I want to talk about what this means for a little bit, because it, what, it doesn't mean that we can't, with the lens of Scripture, evaluate what's going on in the world. But what we're doing is we're, we're mindful of the fact that it's God, that God most certainly is in a position to judge the behavior and beliefs of all people. Sometimes I fear, and, and, and I get it, look, we're not to be judgmental, not in the sense of saying, well, you know, I'm better than so-and-so. How could they know God when I'm a better person than them? No, we're not saying anything like that. We're all sinners. But Bert, the Word of God most certainly is in a position to pass assessment on the spiritual condition of all people. Would you agree? I agree. Listen, we need to have what Billy Graham would say. Whether he was on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, as years and years ago, whether he has been interviewed by Larry King, whatever it was, his, his phrase— the Bible says, the Bible says, and that is the bottom line. Cassie, uh, Brent said you had another question for us. Go ahead, Cassie. Um, well, my question was, in matters of judgment, I've heard several people call up and cast judgment onto transgender people and families that have transgender children, and I didn't understand how it doesn't seem like you guys are protecting the lady but it seems more like casting stones. Okay, Cassie, thank you for your comment. Let me just share with you. We do our best to say the truth in love, and that's what we try to do. And I I know Bert gets excited about it because of the agenda. Listen, you're not really, you do, and I'm going to do this real quick, Alex, and you take us out. Mm -hmm. You're not doing anybody good to agree with a lie. When you agree with a lie, you, you are not showing compassion. You're not showing no. any of that. Alex, go ahead. Well, Cassie, God bless you. We Let, let me just say, Bert is right. Tr- the transgender uh, movement is dangerous on a lot of levels. First of all, it's contrary to human biology. There are no transgender people. Now, there are people that have believed a transgender ideology, but there are males and females. And to persuade masses of people that God was wrong and a biological male is supposed to be something else. That's contrary to human biology, contrary to reason, but it's ultimately contrary to biblical and biological truth. And we are duty-bound to tell people the truth. Well, Bert, we're out of time. We're going to talk more about this in the days ahead, I'm sure. But this is Exploring the Word. You can watch again on AFR.net. And uh, folks, pray for America. Pray for Keith going to the mission field. Tell someone about exploring the Word, but most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.